Turn to the Mishnah regarding the uh, <coughs> dovecote that you have that has birds in it. And the situation over here was that the person designated the birds that he wants to use for Yontif. Because if you don't, then they're Mukta. Not a lot of tape, but he designated them before Yontif. But the place where you designated them, you come back on Yontif morning to look and find those birds, they're in a different position. They're not in the same place. Are you allowed to use them or not? So that we went through a few scenarios already. The Gemara continues with the next case in the Mishnah. You prepare them inside the nest. And you come back the next day, you find them outside in front of the nest. You cannot use those birds because we assume that the ones that you prepared left and these are different ones that you never prepared them. So the Gemara, shall we say, this is a proof to what Rabchanine said. Rabchanine said, Anytime you have a question to determine a fact, and you have two factors to base it, base it on, either roiv or karev. What does that mean? Either you can go according to the majority that exists in the world in general, or you can follow the status of what's near you. So Rabbi Chanina says, what's more powerful? Haleich acha haroiv. Follow the majority. The majority is more powerful than what's near you. So what do we have over here? You have over here the nest and then in front of the nest. So, what's near you? What's near you is that to say that what was inside, the birds that were inside, they came right out. That's right here. So my, why not say that it's the very same birds that you left inside? That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is, no. Most of the birds that exist are not here, they are in the world. Let's go according to the majority. And if I find birds outside, probably they came from the majority of the birds that are outside the world. So what do we see over here? What did it say in the Mishnah? That we assume that they came from the majority of the world. And that's why it's also to use. So I see over here that you follow the Raiv, like Rav Khanina said. Amr Abayah, answers, no, there's no Raiv from here. Why? Bidaf. We're talking about this dovecote that has a ledge in front of it. And because there's a ledge or a platform there, okay? So because it has a ledge there, so what happens? Many, many birds from all around come and sit on that ledge right there. So now when you see that there's new birds sitting here outside, so the raiv that there is in the world is also karev. They also hang around right here outside on this ledge by the, by the dovecote. And therefore if you find birds outside, instead of assuming that it came from inside, it makes more sense to assume that it came from the raiv, which is also karev. It's both raiv and karev. They come from the majority and they're also near because they always hang around. They sit right over there on this ledge. Rava says, no, that's, that's not the Chiddush of the Mishnah. As the Mepharshim explained, according to Rashi here, Rashi says, Rava says, Lo that, That's not a Chiddush Bechlau. Why is that not a Chiddush? In such a case that you have all the birds hanging around right over there, it's obvious that there's a problem here. That if you didn't find the birds inside, you find them outside, that I'll now assume that all those other birds, the Raiv of those birds that hang around right over here, are the birds that you found. So that wasn't the Chiddush of the Mishnah, but rather the Chiddush over here is as follows. We're talking about, there are two nests in this dovecote that are built in this, this, in this one nest here, one on top of the other. Okay, so now we're talking about these little birds that are here that are not able to fly. We're talking about birds that are maybe able to hop around a little bit. That's the birds that you designated. <coughs> so now, therefore, what's the Chiddush? Now needless to say, if you prepare the birds in the bottom nest, and you did not prepare the birds in the top nest. So you prepare them in the bottom. And now, 
Where did you find your birds the next day in the morning, Yantif? Outside, in front of the, down, of the ne- ne- nest that's on the bottom. You didn't find anything at the top. So then, these birds are going to be forbidden for you to use. Why? Because what I'll say is, The ones that you prepared that were inside in the bottom nest, they left. And Vahanach, these new birds that you have right over here, they sort of climbed down, they made their way down, and they came from the top down. Because we're talking about very little birds, it's very easy for them. They don't really fly, they just hop around, but they can climb down very easily from the top to the bottom. So because there are two nests there, and the other nest is on the top, so it's very likely that the ones that you prepared that left, they're gone. But now, where did these new birds come from? From the top. They came down from the top to the bottom. So that's needless to say that there's going to be an issue here. Even if you prepared your birds in the top nest. You did not prepare them in the bottom nest. Now, And you find outside the top nest, you find birds there. And there's no birds in the bottom nest. The Chiddush of our Mishnah here is that even in this case it's going to be Yasser. Why? Because then what I'll say is, the ones that you prepared left. and The birds from below, even though this is more difficult for them to do this, but they climbed up and they sat there outside the top nest. So that was the Chiddush over here. Even though it's not so easy for the birds that are below to do this, but nevertheless, I'm chayshish that this is what happened, that the birds from below climbed up to the top. And that was the Chiddush of our Mishnah according to Rav. The next case in our Mishnah was that is. The Mishnah said if when you prepare these birds, the only ones that were there are those. So then it's going to be mutter. Even if you prepare them on the inside, now you find them on the outside, it doesn't matter, it's going to be mutter. So what does this mean? What this means is, when you came and prepared your birds, there's no other birds in the vicinity. These are the only ones that are around. So then I say, even if you find them not exactly in the same place that you put them, I assume that it's the same birds that you prepared, because there are no other birds in the vicinity. In fact, the Gemara, hey what kind of birds is the Mishnah talking about here? Are we talking about birds that are able to fly far? If so, so I could still say that Hanach Ozlu Alma, that the ones that you prepared left, and Vahani Yachrininu. And now these are different birds that flew here from a very far place. How could you say, oh, there's no birds in the vicinity? So what? There could be birds that flew from a very far place. So rather, what are we talking about? We're talking about birds, little chicks that, that are not yet flying. Or little birds that are not yet flying. They're just hopping around. So if so, so you didn't see any birds in the vicinity, so you know that there's no other birds here. But the question is, if there's another nest within 50 ames, that's close enough that these birds could hop from there to here, and therefore it's possible that these are new birds that came here. And if there is no other nest within 50 ames, so then then obviously, the birds that you prepared are the ones that are here because there are no other birds in the vicinity. It's obvious that it's mutter. What's the Chiddush of our Mishnah? And the Gemara brings the Oma Mar Ukva Barchame. Mar Ukva Barchame said, Kola medade, the nature of birds when they are hopping, when they're so young they can't fly, they're just hopping. It doesn't hop further away from its nest more than 50 yamas. 
And as Taisus points out, even though Mar Ukva Bachame was just an Amaira, how could the Gemara say that the din of the Mishnah is obvious if there's an Amaira that taught it? He was much later. Because this halacha of Mar Ukva Bachame is proven from another Mishnah in Mesechta Baba Basra. So there's another Mishnah that already said this point. So why is the Mishnah saying it here again? So the Gemara answers, The case of our Mishnah is as follows. There is another nest within 50 Amas. However, the Chiddush here is, That other nest is on the other side of a corner of a house, and you can't see the nest that, you're, that you prepared your birds in, the other nest that's on the other side of the corner. You have here the picture in the Rashi. I think you know, they have it in all Gemaras, right? So it's on the, other, on the other side of the corner. So if so, I would think that in such a case, I would think that because it's within 50 yamas, that the birds will go from one to another, and therefore you should be concerned that the birds that you placed there are not the ones that are still there, and it's new ones that came from that other nest that's within 50 yamas. So that was the Chiddush of our Mishnah, when the bird hops away from its nest, and he can turn around and he still sees his nest where he came from, Medada. He continues hopping. If it's around the corner and he can't see the nest where he came from, even if it's within 50 yamas, he's not going to go there. So that's what the Mishnah meant when it said, There is another nest there, but it's around the corner and they don't see the original nest. And therefore, you don't have to be concerned that those birds came over here. Zog Tailige Mishne, Beishama Yoimrim Beishama Say, A Neutlin Esa Ali Le Katzaval of Bosser. You're not allowed to take an Ali, which is a pestle, it's a large uh, wooden tool that's used to crush the grains. So you can't take that to use it as a surface to cut your meat on it. Because it's a, according to Rashi says, that this is a tool, this is a, 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 a utensil that's used for a malacha that's asa, to crush the wheat. So you can't use that to move it. It's muktza. You can't use it to, to cut your meat on it. Beisilo matirin and beisilo say that it's allowed. That's the Rashi's pshat. Tosis actually says that there's an additional problem. We're talking about an ali where there's a muktza machmas chesar and kis, meaning that it's a very expensive utensil, and therefore people set it aside and they don't want to use it bechlal on Shabbos or yantiv because of the chesar and kis, which is a higher level of muktza. According to Taisus, if it was just the fact that it's Muktza Machmas Isser, that it's usually used for a forbidden use, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Muktza Asa to use it here for, for permitted use of cutting meat on it. Another Allah regarding Shechting, so after you shechted your behemoth, and now you have the hide of the animal, so you're not allowed to take that hide and spread it out in front of, in a place where people will tread on it, and it softens out the, the height of the animal. You're not allowed to do that on Yontif. You're not allowed to move it, you're not allowed to pick it up, whatever you want to do with it, you want to hang it, or whatever you want, you're not allowed to move it. Unless there's a kezayis of meat that you can eat on it, so then it's not muktza, you're moving the food. But if it's just the height itself, it's muktza. And Basil will say that this is allowed. Everybody agrees. If you did use this ali, this piece of wood, to cut meat on it, so it's already done, the meat is already, you, you use it and you cut the meat on it already. 
So now it's going to be forbidden to move it. Once it's done and you used it already for this purpose, you're going to have to, in the other room, might, you might find the Gemara over here. I don't know if there is one. So then, it's going to be also for you to move it. Why? The only reason why it's allowed to be moved is for the purpose of cutting the basset on it. But once, the, once you, you're done with that, so you're not allowed to use it anymore. Amar and Abaye says another point regarding our Mishnah, the whole argument between Bishama and Basilul is regarding this pestle that is used usually for forbidden use. But this block of wood that's usually used by butchers, like a butcher's table, that they usually use to cut the, the bones of the animals on it. So then that's something that everybody would agree that you're allowed to move that on Yantuf. What Abai is saying is obvious. In our Mishnah it says only this Ali, only this utensil that's usually used for forbidden use. So why does he have to clarify this? Now the time of the answer is, because I would think to say, Maybe even this block of wood that's used by butchers is also not allowed to be moved and to be used for this purpose on Yantif. And the reason would be because we're concerned you might move it, it's a heavy item and it's, a, it's an extraneous activity, and you might then decide, I don't need it. So you'll be an extra tircha that you're doing on Yantif for no purpose. And Ali, and this that it mentions in the Mishnah, this pestle, it's coming to let you know the opinion of Basil. Even a utensil that's usually used for forbidden malacha, they're even allowed to move that. But I would think that according to Beishamai, you're not allowed to move an Ali, you're not allowed to move even this butcher's table either, because you might not end up using it. And we don't want you to move around something, extra tircha and yantif. Kamash Malam, that's why Abaye had to teach me that no, regarding this butcher's block of wood, that you could use. Ikidamri, others say this in a little bit of a different version. Amar Abaye, Abaye himself explained why he had to clarify that the Machlekes is only regarding an Ali. We're talking over here about a brand new block of wood that's used by the butchers. So because it's brand new, So over here, this is something that's new, he might change his mind and not end up using it. And that was the Chiddush here, that Beishamai is not concerned about this. Even though it's a brand new piece, and he might decide he doesn't want to use it, Beishamai is not concerned that he's going to change his mind. So that's something that they allow him to move on Yontif. Is it true that Beishamai is not concerned on Yontiv that a person might change his mind and not use something? Like over here, that's what Abai is saying. They were not concerned that he's going to change his mind to not use this butcher's, this block of wood. But Tanya, we learned in Abraise, Beishamai say, You're not allowed to bring a shaykhit and a knife to a behemah. Rash, so there's two, two pirushim in this. Rashi says that it means to bring a sheikhet and a knife like a very far distance, which is an extra tirche to go this far distance. According to other Rishayim, the Ran, the Rashba, they say that it refers to going in Rishus Arabim. So even though you're allowed to carry on Yontif in Rishus Arabim, but not for something that you don't need. You're not allowed to just carry anything that you don't need on Yontif. So you're not allowed to take in Rishus Arabim. And Veloi Vasakin. Don't bring your animal to the sheikhet and where there is a knife. Why not? What's Beishami concerned about? That you might bring, you might go this long distance and then you'll change your mind that you don't want to use the Shechita. So therefore you shouldn't do this in Yantif. 
We're not worried about this. One can go to the other. It's no problem. Similar halacha. You're not allowed to bring the spices you have and the madoich, which is the um, pestle, I believe, to the meducha, which is a mortar, in order to crush it. Or or the mortar, to the to the spices and the pestle in order to crush it. Again, for the same reason, any extraneous activity, any extra tircha and yantiv that a person is going to do, and there's a concern that you might change your mind and not use it and not do it, so we don't want a person to do that in yantiv. It's not an issue. You can bring one to another. We're not concerned that a person will, in the end, not use it. So what do we see from here? Beishamai is machmer on yantiv, and he is concerned of a person doing something in a way that he has reason to change his mind later, so we don't allow him to do that. So why don't we say the same thing in our Mishnah, with our Bayez said, this butcher, this block of wood, we should be concerned that he shouldn't be allowed to use it because he might change his mind and not want to use it afterwards. So the Gemara explains, no, it's not, there's no comparison. What kind of a comparison is there here? There's, over there, there's reason that he might change his mind, but not here. And the Gemara explains, when it comes to taking a behemoth to Shecht, there, it, it is a possibility, or maybe even likely, that a person would change his mind. The Oma, because a person might say, You know what, let's leave this animal. It's still too, it's, it's, it's still a, a thin animal, it's not a good animal. Let me bring a different animal that's a fatter animal that's better. So that's something that could happen, that a person would change his mind. Also regarding the spices to use for the pot that you have to spice, the food in the pot, that's also something that you can very easily change your mind. The person will say, You know what, let's forget about cooking this food that needs spices. Rashi here says, when you're cooking meat and, and, and onions that need spices. I'll cook something else that does not need spices. So that's something that we understand why Beishami is concerned, it'll change his mind. But Over here, what are you concerned about? He has already the meat, he has the behemoth shechted already, and he has the meat, and he has to cut the meat and break the bones in order to be able to eat. So, Mimlach Volei Tovar, is he going to make change his mind and not break the bones? Kivin the shachta, once the animal was already shechted, Litzvira Kaima, this is what he has to eat. There's no reason to change his mind that I'm going to take a different animal. It's already shechted. So over here in this case, Beishamai is not concerned that he's going to change his mind. The next halach it said in the Mishnah, Beishamai Now that I take the hide of the animal after you shechted it and spread it out for people to tread on it to soften the leather, the hide. Because you don't need that for yantif at all. Tana and Abraisa we learned. Vishavin, everybody agrees. Shemelchen olav basal itzali. That this hide of the animal that's, that's uh, sitting there, so you're allowed to salt the meat that's used for, uh, for um, uh, tzali, for roasting. And the reason is because when you salt the meat for roasting, you salt it very lightly. When it comes to v'chlau, we know when it comes to meat, you have to take out the blood, you have to salt it in order to... So now when you're salting something that you're going to be cooking in a pot, you have to salt it very heavily to get out the blood before you cook it. Whereas when you, when you roast something, so according to many Rishayinim, you don't have to salt it at all. The fact that you're roasting it in the fire, the fire itself will draw out all the blood. I, you, why are you salting it? Because you want to just add a little bit of salt for taste. So you're adding very little salt. According to other Rishayinim, you do have to salt even meat that you roast. You also have to salt to get out the blood, but you have to salt it much less. You have to salt it very lightly. So what's the point over here? When you salt this meat on top of this hide of the animal, 
the salt falls onto the hide and it's beneficial for the hide itself. That's part of the process of working out this hide. If you look in the Mishnah, the, the Lama Tesmolachis, it says, It's part of the process of working out the hide to make it fit for use is salt. So therefore, what it says here is that if you're using it, this, the, the basar, for roasting, so there's very little salt involved, so then it's okay if the salt falls onto the hide of the animal. Rabbayis, Rabbayis says, Leshanu el So that Rabbayis is only saying that this is allowed if it's for meat that you're roasting. Avalik data. But if there's a meat that you're cooking in the pot that has to be salted very heavily, so light that you're not allowed to do on top of the hide because you're going to end up also working out the hide through the salt. This distinction is obvious. Why did Rabbayis have to clarify this? Litzli tunan. And the Rabbayis said, clearly said regarding salting for. Uh, Roasting, not for the cooking in a pot. This is what Abaya was teaching. Even if you're salting your, your tzli more heavily, similar to the way it is made usually in a pot, so even that is also going to be yasser. That's what That was the chiddush of Abaya. A person that's salting it similar to the way he salts uh, uh, the, the meat that he cooks in a pot. And Abaya said, we learned. What happens after you shecht your animal? You have a lot of fats that are there that you can't eat. Right? So what do you do with them? If you're going to let them sit there in your house, it's going to get a, a very foul odor. It's going to create a bad smell in your house. So, you, so what you have to do is you have to salt it. You have to preserve it in a way that it shouldn't get spoiled. It shouldn't create a bad smell. So in the Braise it says that on Yontif, after you shechted your animal, you're not allowed to salt the fats for that purpose, that it shouldn't create a bad smell. And you're not allowed to turn it over in order to give it some ear, that it shouldn't get spoiled. Rabbi Shua argues and he says, You could take these, these fats of the animal and you spread it out in the wind, on, on, on nails, in order that it shouldn't get spoiled. Amar Rav Masne, so Rav Masne says, Allah ke Rabbi Yeshua. We pass in like Rabbi Yeshua that this is allowed. Ekedamri, others say, Amar Rav Masne, ain't Allah ke Rabbi Yeshua. We do not pass in like Rabbi Yeshua. So the Gemara explains, Bishlam Laman Dama, Allah ke Rabbi Yeshua. The pain that said that Allah is like Rabbi Yeshua. So it's we understand why you have to tell us this. Because Salkadaitach, I would, Amina, I would think to say, Yachid Verabim, Allah ke Rabbim. If you have one opinion against many, the halacha is always like the many. So kamash mulan halacha ki yachid. So that's what Rav Masna had to say, that here we pass in like Rabbi Yeshua. El olavan domal, ein halacha, ein halacha. If Rav Masna was saying that we don't pass in like Rabbi Yeshua, pshita, isn't that obvious? Yachid verabim, halacha kerabim. We always pass in like the rabim. Why would I think that the halacha is like Rabbi Yeshua here? So the Gemara answer is because ma'o de teimeh, over here I would think to say, mistaver taimeh de Rabbi Yeshua that the reasoning of Rabbi Shua is, is makes sense. The Eloi Shadisle, if you're not going to allow a person to take the fats and to, to hang it or to put it in a place that it won't get spoiled, so then, he's going to hold himself back and he's not going to shecht in the first place. Because he's going to say, what am I going to do here? I'm going to have this animal and then I'm going to have meat, but then I'm going to be end, end up with this, with this chaylev, with this fats in my house that's going to make a big stink in the whole house. So why should I go shecht bechlau? So he's not going to have to eat on Yontif. Kamash Malan, that was the Chiddush that we, even though he has a very good reason, but nevertheless, we don't follow his opinion. And the Chelev is, is also to move, to touch, you have to leave it where it is. What's the difference between this case and the case that it said in the Mishnah, that Beis Hillel said that you're allowed to take the hides of the animal 
And Basilo says you're allowed to have uh, them spread out for people to tread on it. And there, in other words, the Gemara's question is, as Rashi explains, that there is the same reasoning. The reason why you're allowed to spread out those hides for the people to tread on it is because if you're not going to allow a person to do that, he's not going to go on shecht. He's going to say, my, my hides are going to sit there. What a, so he wants to be able to do it, that people should tread on it. So the whole reason is to, to give a person the ability to shecht. So let's say the same thing over here, Benigea, to the fats as well. That if you're not going to allow him to spread it out, he's not going to be able to shecht in the first place. So the Gemara answers it's not the same thing. Hasam loy milse. Over there, when it comes to the uh, hides of the animal that you're spreading out, it's not clear that you're just spreading it out for people to tread on it, to, to soften it out. Why? As the Gemara already said before, these hides that you spread out could also be used to recline on it, to sit on it. That was the derech in those days. They would sit down, they would recline on these, uh, on these leather mats that they had. So therefore, you can think that it's just being made for people to sit on it. But over here, if you're going to allow a person to go and salt these fats of the animal, people are going to come to say, My time is shot Why are the Rabbanon allowing me to do this? In order that it shouldn't come to create a foul odor. So, what difference does it make if I'm going to just spread it out? And what difference does it make if I'm going to go ahead and then salt it on Yontif? I can, I can do either one. I can spread it out, I can salt it. And salting it, could actually be one of the Lama Tes Malachas. You're not doing something for the purpose of Yontem, and that's Mamash Asr. So therefore, that's something that they did not allow at all. When you come to salt your meat, you have to salt it to take out the, the, the blood. So even though you only need one piece of meat, you can take a few pieces of meat and put it together and salt it all at the same time. This is a concept that we have, and Gemara says it later, that if you're coming to cook in a pot and you're already making a fire and you're already cooking, you don't have to cook just the, the exact amount that you need on Yontif. You can add more meat into the pot, even though you don't need it all for Yontif, because it doesn't take any extra tirch, it doesn't, it's not any extra activity. You just put all the, the entire piece of meat together in the pot at the same time. The same thing also with salting. Even though you don't need all the meat, you just salt it all together. That's what Rav Yudem says. Uh, even if you don't need only one piece. Rav Ade Bar Ave, Rav Ade Bar Ave said differently, He would do it in a way that he sort of, he sort of, uh, I'm not sure what the word for haram in English is, what do you have over there for Mairem? He would, uh, huh? Okay, okay he, would, he would sort of play, he would play it in such a way that he would salt one piece of meat, one bone with the meat on it, and he would say, I need this for Yomtif. A, a trick, right. And then he would say, oh, no, I see a better bone. I discovered a better bone, a better piece of meat. And then he would salt the second one and say, no, I discovered a better piece of meat. And that, like that, he would salt everything. And uh, even though he didn't need it all for Yomtif. So obviously, the fact that you could play such a trick is because this is not something which is awesome and atayre to do. So therefore, <laughs> since it's only awesome and the Rabbanon, and this is for the purpose of Simchus Yamtif, so therefore they allowed him to do it, and they, they, he would do it in such a way that he would end up salting everything that he needed, even on Yamtif. So to You're not allowed to remove the Trisim, uh, which are shutters that there are on the stores on Yamtif. So this, it's, it's, these are actually, we're not even talking over here about actual structures of stores that are like built, a store, a real store that's built in the ground. We're talking about these, um, 
these, carriages. huh? Little carriages. Right, these like, like these little carriages or like maybe these, these movable things that uh, have these shutters on them that you remove the shutters and then uh, you put on your uh, items that you have on it. So you're not allowed to remove them on Yontif. That's what Beshamay says. Basilol, Matirin, Basilol says you're allowed to remove them in Yontif. You, want, you need to get out your food from there. You have something that's needed from there. So you, you're allowed to remove them. And Aflahachse, they, they allow you to take it off and they even allow you to return those shutters as well. Even though returning them is not for the purpose of Yontif, but they allow you to take it off and to return them. What are these Trisin? It's these shutters of these movable stores that you have. And Ola says, There are actually three things that they only allow you to do at the end because they want you to be allowed to do what's in the beginning. And the Gemara will explain what those three things are. These are the following three things. As we mentioned before in the previous Mishnah, taking the hide of the animal and spreading it out on the ground for people to tread on it. So even though that's not needed for Yontif itself, so why are you allowed to do that? The answer is because if you're not going to allow the person to do this, he's not going to want to shech the animal in the first place. So in order for him to want to go in the beginning to shech this animal, we allow them in the end to spread out the hides of the animal. That's one case. Second case is what we just learned. Tirisei chanuyais, these shutters of the stores. So you're allowed to remove them because you have to get the food that you have there that you want to use for Yontif. But why are you allowed to return them? Basila says you're even allowed to return them. Because if you're not going to allow him to return them, he's not going to want to take it off in the first place. So they will matter the end because of the beginning. And the third case is Mikdash, Taking off a bandage, so a kayan that has a bandage, so he's taking it off because if he doesn't uh, take it off, then he does his Aveda with a chatzitza. He has something that's separating between him and, the, and the, the floor or the, his hands where he's doing the Aveda. So there's a chatzitza, so he's taking it off. Even though on Yantiv there's an issue to return it, when you put it back on, there's a chashash that uh, it could be memachi, it could be smoothing it out. And therefore, you're not allowed to return it usually. There's a shvost that you're not allowed to return it. But nevertheless, they allowed him to put it back on. Because if you're not going to let him put it back on, he's not going to want to take it off in the first place to do the Aveda. So these are three examples where they allowed the end because of the beginning. Rachba <coughs> gave a different, a fourth example. That Amr Rabbi Yehuda, and he said in the name of Rabbi Yehuda, Afa chavisai, someone that opens his barrel of wine to sell wine. And also he's selling bread or challah during the time of Yontif when people are oil regal to Yerushalayim and according to Rabbi Yehuda. So what is this talking about? So Rashi says usually the halacha is any Amaoretz that touches anything, he makes something tummy. Because an Amaoretz is not careful with what he touches, they will geyser on an Amaoretz, so whatever he touches should become tummy. With one exception. In Yerushalayim, at the time that Yidna Oyle Regel, so then there's no Tumah. Because then everybody comes there together, they would, then there's no Tumah. Okay. But now, what happens if you had your things that were opened up to sell on Yontif in Yerushalayim? Everybody comes and touches it, including Amaratzim, and then Yontif is over. And the Aliyah Regel is over. What happens now? You want to take those things and you want to continue selling them. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, as Rashi quotes here from the Gemara in uh, Chagige, so you could continue selling it later. You could continue selling even this that, you, that was touched by Amaratzim, even to, to, to the Chaveirim, to regular Yidin that want to be careful with things to be toy, even though the Amaratzim touched it. And the reason why they allow this, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is because if you're not going to allow him later to sell it to everybody, 
he's not going to want to open it and make it available on Yontif for everybody to buy. So again, we see this concept, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that they allowed something in the end because they wanted you to do it, to be, give you the ability to do it in the beginning. I'll leave it to Rabbi Yehuda, the Amma Yigmer, that you can, you can continue selling it later to everybody, so they allowed you in the, beginning, in, in the end to sell it to everybody in order that you should want to sell this in the beginning for everyone. So now the Gemara goes through all these cases here. What's the Chiddush of what he was saying? Ula came and said that these are cases that they were matter in the end because of the beginning. What's the Chiddush over here? So this case of the height, that you're allowed to put it out to tread. What's the Chiddush in this? Tanina, that's, it says clearly in the Mishnah this. So the Gemara explains there would be a different way, if not for Ula, there would be a different way how to interpret that. I would think to say, the reason why Basil allows to spread it out, because it's fit for people to go and uh, sit on it. So therefore, if you shechted it, and so now you're allowed to spread it out for people, because people can sit on it. That's why it's allowed. So therefore, I would think, even if what you shechted was already shechted before Yontif, and there's no concern that you might not want to go and shecht. Nothing to do with that. Even if you shechted it before Yontif, you're allowed to go and spread out the hide because that's fit for people to sit on. That would be the reason. So therefore Kamash Malan, therefore Ola came and explained, that the Pshad and Basil's opinion is that they will matter the end to spread it out in order for you to want to go ahead and shecht it. So therefore the Yontivin, so this is only if you did not shecht it yet. If it's on Yontiv itself, that of Yomtev light, but if it was already shechted from before Yomtev, you're not allowed to spread this out. That's regarding that case. Tri regarding the mission that we, that we just learned, removing the shutters from these uh, stores, from these movable stores. So he said that they were mat to the end to return these shutters because they want you to be allowed to remove it in the beginning. So that also said clearly in the Mishnah, Basil allows you to put it back. What was the Chilish of Ole here? So the Gemara explains again that there could be a different way how to understand that halacha. Now the time I would think to say tamayi the basilil. The reason basilil allows you to remove these shutters mishum the aim binyim bekelim ve'ain stira bekelim. The malacha of baina and the malacha of seiser does not apply to kelim. It only applies to a permanent structure like a house, but not to these movable stores. So therefore, it's totally allowed. There is no concept of binyan here, and therefore va'filet the bottom nami. And therefore, even if you're removing shutters of a house, which is a permanent, which is, which is um, in, a, in a place where, I feel at the bottom, even if it's in a place where it's in a house, it, it could also be this heter. So the, the pshat that somebody shine him saying this is, even in a place where we're in a house, which, which is not an open area, which everyone sees. So I would think that this applies as well, because aim binyin bekelem, veim stira bekelem. So therefore, Kamash Malan, the Gemara asked to tell me that Allah, that the only answer, the end, because of the beginning. So therefore, the Chanuya is in the bottom loy. This is only regarding the stores and not regarding the bottom. So the difference, the, the, pshat, the difference between the Chanuya and the bottom, according to the Pshat that I just mentioned, which is the Rif's Pshat, is that when it comes to the bottom, the person is not concerned about putting it back. Why not? Because it's not an open area that it can get stolen from there. In the stores, which is out in the street, so he's concerned that if he's not going to put it back, all of his items are going to get stolen. So if the reason is that ain't binyin bekelem, ain't stira bekelem, so what difference does it make if it's in an open area, if it's in a closed area, that you're concerned something's going to get stolen? 
It's, 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 there's, there's no issue whatsoever. So therefore he's telling you, no, that really Basil holds that there could be an issue over here of Binyan Bekelem and Stira Bekelem, at least Medrabanon there's an issue. Elamai, the only reason there's a hatter is because if they're not going to allow you to return it, you're not going to want to take it off in the first place. So therefore that's only by the stores where the, you're concerned, you want to put it back so it shouldn't get stolen. But by the bottom, by the houses, then there's no, uh, there's no reason that they should allow you to put it back. Similar, the Gemara says regarding the, the last thing that Ola said, regarding putting on the retia, uh, uh, the putting back on the bandage in the base of Mikdash. This was also said in the Mishnah. In the base of Mikdash, you could put back on the bandage, but not anywhere else outside the base of Mikdash. So, what's the Chiddush of Ula? So, the Gemara explains, I would think to say, Maybe the reason is. Because in the base of Mikdash, we know all Gzeris with every Shvus, they don't apply there. And therefore, even a Kayin, even if he's not even doing the Aveda, it's not just for the purpose of Aveda. There's Bechlal, there's no Shvus Bechlal. So therefore, you can take it on, you can put it back, it doesn't make a difference. Kamash Malan, therefore, they asked to tell me over here, Ula came and explained, The only reason they apply, they allow to put it back on is because of the beginning, they want you to go and do the Aveda. The Bar Aveda in, the Lav Bar Aveda Loi. So therefore, for the purpose of you doing the Aveda in the Beis Hamikdash, they allow this. But if it's not for the purpose of the Aveda, they did not allow this. The next case that the Gemara brought before was opening up your barrel and allowing the Amaratzim to touch it, that that's allowed, and then they allowed later to sell it. In the end, they allowed to sell all of this, even to everybody, even though the Amaratzim touched it. So this also is a Mishnah, so it says, someone that opened up his barrel to sell to the Amaratzim, or you're selling your dough, or your bread to Amaratzim, Al Gava Regal, in the time of Yom Tov, Rab Yudaim Yigmar. Rab Yudah says you can finish, later you can sell it to anybody. The Chachamim Lo Yigmar. Chachamim say you can't sell it to anybody. So this is also a clear Mishnah. What, what is the Chiddush that we're saying here about this Mishnah? Ma'o, the Tema, the answer is because I would think to say, Tumas Amaoretz Beregel Ketare Shavu Rabbanon. When it comes to the Tumma of Amaoretz and Yontif, over here, the reason is not because they allowed you in the end in order to start it in the beginning. Rashi says it would be based on a Pasik. The Pasik says that on Yantif, all Yidin are Ke'ish Echot Chaveirim. All Yidin are considered to be one like Chaveirim. There's a Sikha from the Rebbe about this as well in Chelek Lamed Zion, I believe it is, where the Rebbe explains this whole Yidin Barich is that on Yantif, all Yidin come together in Yerushalayim, all Yidin are like one thing, Yidin are on a higher level. So there, all Yidin, so you would think that then there's no Tumah Bechlal. Not that there is Tumah, but Chachamim allowed you to do it. There is no Tumah Bechlal. So therefore, that was a Chiddush here, that, um, so back into the Lashon of the Gemara here. So I would think, So therefore, even if you didn't begin yet selling it, you can go ahead and sell it to anybody, because on Yontif, there's no, on the time in Aliyah Regal, there's no issue whatsoever. So it's, it's, not, it's not just in order to allow you to start. The only reason that they allowed you later to sell it is because of the beginning and hischal in loy hischal loy, and therefore if he's if he's um, starting to sell it and then he has amaratzim that are coming there, so they allow him to have the amaratzim come there and touch it because once he started they wanted they, they didn't want him to go and pack up his bags and go away in order for him to be able to continue to sell to everybody.
Okay. <coughs> so, okay, we'll continue. Uh,